Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Good morning, Arizona. Welcome back to the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, live from Sunny Slope with Shira and Troy Barrett. Well, we heard the news from Troy. Now we got to put Shira to work. We've got wide open phones. If you've never called, don't be shy. The number to call, 602-277-5827. 277-KTR, we can talk about the landscape of your dreams, your nightmares, what to grow, how to grow it. You know, it's the perfect planting season right now for citrus and palm trees and desert trees. We can talk about what you might want to plant and uh, why to plant certain varieties. Lots of different options here in the desert. Beautiful uh, Sonoran Desert we live in. One of the most diverse deserts in the world. One of the few places with a you know a rainy season sometimes in monsoon time and a rainy season in the winter and two dry seasons in between. And uh, just kind of a great time to uh, you know explore Arizona as well. But, you know, we are going into our dry season, so we can talk about irrigation this time of year. And I would like to remind uh, all of you who are uh, Salt River Project water users, or shareholders as well, um, to order up. You know, right now the water's still running down the river. So the more water we can put into the valley, the more we can recharge our own aquifer right here. And uh, no reason not to put extra water on and put it down in the ground. You know, a lot of it's going to get lost as it goes down the river. Some of it does really help us out down around Gila Bend and places, but... Why not put it to use here in the valley now and uh, put in an extra order, you know, and if you're ordering off a board with an irrigator, you know, get together with your neighbors and uh, tip your irrigator well, run an extra irrigation. You know, if we can utilize this water, why it's not going to affect our availability of water and put it back into the own aquifer here right now, why we can why not use it up? So as long as the, river, the water's running in the river, the irrigation's not being charged to your account coming to SRP. So let's put as much as we can on right here in the valley. Uh, let's see. looks like we've got three lines still open. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Digger and Winslow, good morning. Hey, good morning. Hey, what um awesome water tip there. As far as uh, getting that water down in the ground, yeah, you know what? I think we need. I think the uh, the Navajos need a little dam up there somewhere of their own. And uh, oh man, yeah, you know it, it's it's yeah. much as water's needed up there in the Navajo Nation. They uh, they could use a dam. Well, I'm not a proponent of a dam, but uh, yeah, they could definitely do some uh, maybe some restoration of healthy. Uh, healthy repairing habitats and not you know not build down in the floodplains <laughs> that'd go a long way that that but would make anyway difference. yes sir yeah um yeah i uh drove a field trip down there last week and oh my gosh the sonoran desert looked very happy very happy i took a quick drive up into uh white tank mountains regional park. I hadn't been up there since the gravel road and just a smattering of Ramadas. <laughs> oh my gosh, there's a library up on top on the side of the hill. Is it really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. I, I, yeah. I, I haven't hiked up that mountain. Well, let's see. My little sister was 12 and now she's 57. <laughs> 
It's been yeah, a few it's years. been about that long. Yeah, remember the old flumes up there? Oh yeah, it's uh... <laughs> that was a lot of fun. <laughs> Desert survival. Anyway, I got a plant question for you. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, I'm doing some habitat res- restoration up here on my on my third of an acre, and everything came back this spring except for my hackberries. Are they still sleeping? You think? Or... I, I think it's probably still too cold for them. Okay, good. That's good news. Um, also, my uh, I believe I brought in a Texas. Oh, I can't remember whether it was a white or a red oak, uh, okay. live oak. Uh-huh. Um, it, it's made it all the way through the winter, but I've got um, the leaf margins are turning white. They have been for oh gosh, uh, shortly after. I planted it, and it hasn't really recovered. And I'm just thinking maybe it's not as sheltered as down in the growers. Has it leafed out uh, this spring already or not? Um, you know, it kept its leaves all winter. <laughs> and they, um, did, they didn't freeze the only, and turn brown? No, no. Hmm. No, the only issue is um, the older leaves, which is probably... Oh gosh, probably seven eighths of the plant. Um, the margin of the leaves are tur- turned white. You know, Digger, I'm and not I'm sure just... exactly what kind of oak you have because the Texas red oaks, you know, are pretty much a deciduous tree. Um, so I, I well, they um, Verde River they um, recommended the cold hardiest one of the Texas oaks. Yeah, so, like a Schumard then, oak. Yeah, and then you know, but it. Um, but I can't see it keeping its leaves. So I, oh, well. I, I don't, I'm not sure what you have, but it's nothing I'm familiar uh, I guess I, <laughs> I picked the right niche for it then. <laughs> well, if it's staying green, but yeah, most of the, you know, there's there's deciduous oaks and evergreen oaks, but, you know, the uh, the Schumard oak, you know, and, and the other Texas oaks are, are typically deciduous. So I'm not sure what, just, what you have. You know, it, they don't call it Winslow for nothing. <laughs> I'm just wondering if, <laughs> I'm just wondering if the, the leaves got wind burned. But they, they very well, kind of, but, I, but you know what, Digger? I couldn't tell you. Just, would that turn them white, know. you think? Or? Mm, I, I can't see why they're on the tree. <laughs> okay. Hey, well, gonna, I guess I'll have to sneak up. I'm going to let you go, but, but thanks for the... Yeah, send, us, send me a picture and I'll try to ask. Or, you know who I would ask is the county agent up there, you know, from the, the University of Arizona Extension Service. They're, oh, they're, they're awesome. They're going to have a whole lot more knowledge for your neighborhood than I would, you know. Even if we are neighbors where I got the place, you know, down the hill. But, um, you know, because we're right over there by Snowflake. Right, right. Anyway. Okay, great. Well, love your show, man. It's always a pleasure. Take have care. Have a blessed day, dude. You too, dude. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, Andy and Dewey Humboldt's next. We do have a couple lines available. A number to call, 602-277-5827-277. KTAR, good morning, Andy. Hey, how you doing? Great, sir. All right. So I just actually moved up to the Dewey Humboldt area, and I'm on two acres of land, mm-hmm. and I'd like to do some fruit trees. Okay. And I'm wondering what the best fruit trees to put up there that will deal with the snow. Well, you don't get much snow in Dewey Humboldt, but you can say hi to my Aunt Mary. She lives there. But um, at any rate, oh, actually, nice. my, my cousin Mary lives there, too, now. So <laughs> Mary oh, and John, My cousin so. Mary as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, Andy, um, 
what you know you're going to look for up there that's going to do the best are going to be higher chill fruit trees. Okay, so you're going to need ones with 500 to 700 hours of chill. And uh, so that's going to involve, you know, you can do apples and cherries and peaches and plums and pears and, you know, a whole group of things like that can do very well. There are great varieties you can grow there. You can grow blackberries there. So you'll you'll have a lot right. to do, but you really have to be specific and get the right chill hours. So I would recommend driving up the hill to Prescott Valley or to Payson or, or to Prescott and, and buy your trees from those nurseries. And not the local hardware stores, okay. but the local nurseries, because they're going to have the correct chill hours. And and don't okay. be shy. Ask them questions about the chill hours when they're there. But they're very knowledgeable. And there's a couple good, you know, really good nurseries in Prescott Valley and in, in Prescott that have been there for quite some time and are very knowledgeable and can help you get the right, right varieties. But, you know, they're, they're going to be the local experts. And um, and they and they should have ones five to seven hundred hours of chill. But you have a pretty wide variety there. And you don't have as you're, you're low enough where you don't have as hard a late frost as they would in Prescott Valley or Chino Valley or, you know, so you don't tend to lose the crop as often. Hi. I got another weird one for you. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to do a dragon fruit up there, too. Is that possible? In an atrium in your house. Okay. <laughs> you know, dra- dra- dragon fruits are going to freeze about 30 degrees. I don't think you're going to make it through a winter. If you want to build a greenhouse, you can do that. You know, and if you wanted to build a greenhouse up there, you've got enough room. And the water quality there is pretty darn good. You know, you could grow a greenhouse up there and you could grow tomatoes and peppers and those things, you know, year round. And, uh, you know, a greenhouse wouldn't be, would be if you like to garden and you have the time up there, it would be a fun investment to put a greenhouse in. Yeah, and a greenhouse is actually in the plan. The wife brought it up. Well, if you've got one big enough to keep it warm in the wintertime, then grow your dragon fruit. It'll, it'll grow like crazy in a greenhouse. Dude, I really appreciate all your help today. Thanks, Andy. Have a nice day. You too. Bye-bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back with Dor- Dory and Tempe. But after Dory, we've got wide open phones. Uh, phone number is 602-277-5827-277-KTAR. show from Sunny Slope, Arizona. Yep, we've got three lines available. We'll give Shira a call. Number to call 602-277-5827. We could talk about anything you want to grow, water, plant, fertilize, kill. If you have suggestions or other ideas, 
Give us a call. Thanks. The host is crazy, and you've got a better way to do it. Hey, I'm all ears and here to learn as well. Anyway, uh, we'll get back to the phones. Dory and Tempe, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I live in South Tempe. Uh, I have the most gorgeous chapel. I'm pronouncing it wrong. It's the desert willow, but it's not a desert willow. It's a chapel. But you, you had it perfect. You pronounced it yeah. perfect. At least, at least I understand. I fell in love with them. I fell in love with them when I saw them at Tempe Marketplace. I had to have one, planted one 10 years ago. It's doing fantastic. It's gorgeous, full of bloom. I wanted to plant more, so I planted another one. I used to have a, a fruit cocktail citrus tree that I took out mm-hmm. um, because of, I had termites, and the tree was close to the house. So I took it out, and I planted a chapalta tree, uh, 15-gallon um and it died. It couldn't. I planted it in the fall, and it didn't make the summer. And that was three years ago. So two years. So it died. So I, two years ago, I went and bought another one, planted a little bit further away, and it's dead. Look, I got an <laughs> idea I for you, Dory. Another one. What, why don't we plant a desert willow instead? Uh, I don't want the seed pods. Well, they don't have. If you plant above a desert willow. Okay, you may have a few seed pods, but very, very few. They're not like a native desert willow, the old pink one here that grows up wild. And where the bubba comes from, it's a purple one. And when they start from California, they're white. And then Arizona, they're pink. And when they get to Texas, they're purple. But the Bubba Desert Willow has very few seeds on it. And uh, it's a really nice tree. And it's going to take more heat than your Chautauqua on that west side. It's on it's on the north side of the house, but it's it must, in full sun. Yeah, it must be the northwest side. Or is it in gravel? Nope, I have lawn. I have grass. And you're losing them in the lawn. Yeah, you shouldn't. Uh, I, you shouldn't lose them in the lawn. Yeah. yeah, it's. I don't know why it's not growing. I'm going to have, and I can't dig the hole, so I always have to pay someone to. Bring it, well, take it. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a little story, Dory. You know, Whitfields, when we plant trees, we guarantee them. Uh, you know, if you get like a 24-inch box, we plant it and guarantee it for you. Then, you know, we're covering Over the curb, when it goes over the curb at your house. No, no, we, we guarantee, here's how our guarantee works, Story. We guarantee them for 90 days. If you have a problem, call us up, we'll extend your warranty. So it, it's yeah, kind of a perpetual. That's what I had on this one here. Uh-huh. I it, bought it at Summer Winds. I bought it at Summer Winds. They came out, installed it, 90. It did fine the first, you know, I planted it in the fall. Mm-hmm. It did fine. And then when the summer heat was so hot last year, when it, you know, hit like 120, I think. Mm-hmm. And I w- even went and put, I painted the trunk. I put burlap around the trunk. Everything to protect the sun from beating on the trunk. And it just didn't make it. <laughs> well. And, and, and I don't want a multi-trunk. I want a single trunk. Well, single trunks, you know, here's the problem when you're planting a single trunk tree like that. As it doesn't, did, was the trunk always wrapped on it? I wrapped it for the summer. Okay, but it wasn't wrapped. In, you wrapped it after it started suffering? No, I wrapped it as soon as, I wrapped it, started wrapping it okay. in May. Well, then it should have, uh, you know, it should have grown. And, you know, honestly, yeah. if you buy a tree like that from us, I would have guaranteed it for you. I mean, I've guaranteed trees after two and three years um, because I felt it okay. was our fault. Well, then, so that's it's a kind of different. Can I go another one from you guys? Well, we have. So here's how our here's how our warranty works, just so you understand. So we have a 90 day warranty. OK, the reason why we have a 90 day warranty. So you'll pay attention to water the tree. OK, because what happens is people will plant a tree in September or they'll plant a tree actually oftentimes here in May and go on vacation for the summer and the irrigation 
doesn't work and they'll come back and the tree's dead, you know? And so we still try to be friends. You know, I, we've only been in business since my grandparents started back in the mid forties. So we, we, we don't stay in business by not being friends with our customers, but at any rate, so, you know, if, if you have a problem, call us, you know, and as long as you're paying attention, we'll, we'll take a look at it. And if it, if it turns out that it's a place where that tree won't grow, we'll just have to do a different kind of tree. But I can't see a reason why a Chautauqua wouldn't grow as, as long as it's in lawn in that location. You know, in Rocket, I think yeah. it would be too hot. And, I, and the other thing I will definitely recommend to you, Dory, the multiple trunks are going to do far better than the single trunks are going to ever do. That's because that's the hmm. natural form in that tree, the way it grows, and it can shade and protect itself. And especially when you take oh. a young tree like a 15-gallon out there, because it's got no way to shade and protect itself, and that bark really heats up. Now, the wrapping does help tremendously, but I would certainly recommend that you planted a multiple trunk. Okay. Okay. Uh, i just not sure about mowing around it. That's well, no, the branches still are going to come up in a vase form. It's not going to make okay. any difference mowing around it. But it's going to okay. make the tree capable of shading and protecting itself. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thanks, I appreciate Dory. it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, Barbara in Phoenix. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning. Um, I have two questions. One, um, some of my some of the ground in the backyard, um, the, the dirt has like a white coating mm-hmm. on it. Okay. And then... Um, in the front yard, we have a huge pine tree, mm-hmm. and I switched up my uh, watering system so that more water would come out slower and go in deeper, but it's leaving a two-foot white. It's it's making the bark turn white on the um, tree. Will that hurt the tree? Barbara, um, are you on a well, or you have City of Phoenix water? City of Phoenix, I'm up by Scottsdale and Bell. Okay, so the water quality right now should be really good. Um, usually when you see white on the soil around tree wells, you know, and around things like that, that's mm-hmm. usually sodium or salt, okay? Okay. And what we do to deal with sodium at the farm where we have a lot saltier water than the city of Phoenix has is we will uh, water an extended period of time up close to the trunk of the tree, and that pushes the salt away from the tree, okay? And so the water will actually push the salt away from the trees and plants. But I'm surprised that uh, especially this time of year you're seeing that much sodium. Our our water quality, I'm not sure if, you know, that far north. How far north are you, um, Barbara? Scottsdale and Bell. Scottsdale and Bell. I, I think you're probably still getting SRP water up there. I'm not sure, though, with the city of Scottsdale, when they deliver I, water up there, whether you're getting... I, uh, I get a bill from the city of Phoenix. You get a bill from the city of Phoenix. So I'm not sure if their water from up that far north comes from wells, because you're you know over the mountains in the north end of Paradise Valley. But anyway, um, your, your water might be coming out of the ground a little salty, too, if it's well water. So what you'll want to do is just water for a longer period of time and push that white salt and everything further away from your tree. So how um but okay on the tree itself though it's the bark it's the way the the sprinklers are spraying. Right. So that sodium that as the water dries that sodium that's you know based, being deposited or salts being deposited on the trunk of the tree. So is that I mean it goes up like 2 feet is that going to hurt uh, hurt the tree? Well, it's you know a big pine tree's got bark on it so it probably won't hurt it. You know, to be honest. Okay. But, and then, um, um, but ideally, you shouldn't be sprinkling up against tree trunks anyway. 
Yeah, but mm-hmm. I put out all this money for different sprinklers. They said it would feed the ground better, and it kind of goes up and then lowers down. Okay. And so what? So what? Uh, do you have gravel or lawn or what's around the trees? Uh, it's lawn. Okay, so that, that's fine. And uh, you're you're surprised your water has that much sodium. Um, but it, you know, it's it just on the on the trunk of a pine tree. I don't think it's going to hurt it any. But okay. what you want to do with your sprinklers, if your your main so your main water for your trees is the lawn sprinkler. Okay, so then that that can work well, but you really want to make sure that you're running your sprinklers long enough to get a good deep saturation, especially because we've already, you know, figured you have a sodium problem. So you got to push the salts down in the ground. So when you water, you probably want to put on like an inch and a half of water at a time. Okay, and that's going to push the salts down about 18 inches. So you want to run your sprinklers long enough to put out an inch and a half of water, then shut the system down, let it dry out in between. So you want to push those salts away from your your lawn and also away from your tree. And then what you want to do with it probably once a month in the summertime is to either get one of those little round sprinklers or ideally just get a soaker hose and run it around the base of the tree and water it like overnight once a month in the heat of the summer to push the salts down away from the tree and the tree roots. And not so much more frequently, but the once a month treatment. More then. frequently is worse. Okay, you never you never really oh. want to water frequent and shallow, especially if you have a salt problem. You want to water as infrequently as possible, and as long as is practical. Okay, so if you have a salt problem, what you want to do is push the salts away from your grass and away from your trees. And if you add water, you're adding salt. So then you're going to have to push that down further away. So what you want to do is change your cycles. Like I say, if you really want to push the salts down, put an inch and a half of water on at a time. That's going to push the salts down out of your lawn. And then once a month run a, a you know a soaker hose around the pine tree and run it overnight okay and then everything will be happy and you'll probably only be watering once every week or so okay okay all right second question is i have a grapefruit tree that was probably planted in the 90s mm-hmm. so it's say 25 years old mm-hmm. and it's always produced a lot of uh, grapefruit and um I've had lots of flowers, everything was white, new foliage was coming out, and now it seems like all the flowers and um, have fallen and some of the leaves have fallen, and I've got sections where it almost looks like the, the branches are dead. Well, it's probably um, getting sunburned from the top now. It's especially important to your citrus tree to deep water, like we just discussed for your pine tree. So okay. your citrus tree should be watered at the most once a week, okay? And when you water, you want to water so you push all the salts down away from the tree. What I would do for your tree right now is, is do you have a well around it, or how do you water the citrus tree? It, it's a well, and it's on for 30 minutes. So I does watered the, it this does the morning. Well, does the well fill up in 30 minutes? Yes. Okay. So if and then I give it a little bit for the water to soak down and right now I have the water going a second time so that it gets a deeper that's, water. That's that's perfect. Go ahead and feed it right now. 
Okay. And then okay. if you water it that way, no more frequently than once a week. I've got to let you go because it's news time here in Troy's okay. in the studio. All right. Thank you. We'll be right back after the news with uh, Don, Mike, Sandy, and then whoever else calls during the break. The number, if you'd like to be the somebody else, is 602-277-5827 for the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show here every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM KTAR. Sunday morning out there. We do have, uh, oh, actually, the last line's ringing. So it's one's gone, one's available. Number to call, 602-277-5827-277. KTAR, Don in Paradise Valley. Good morning, Don. Hey, good morning, Brian. Thanks for taking my call. I bought a uh, an Ocotillo from your Glendale uh, location, Glendale Road location, uh, oh, about three months ago. It's maybe eight feet uh, tall, and uh, they told me to uh, spray it down once a week. And I've been doing that, and it uh, it had two blooms on it, of all things, and two of the stalks had blooms on the top of them, but there are no leaves. And what should I do going forward? Just keep spraying it? Well, Don, do you have a drip irrigation system? Yes. Okay. So let's hook it up to the drip irrigation system and put okay. on a small emitter. How often do you run your system? Um, well, right now, once a week. Okay. That, then let's put like a two-gallon emitter on it. Okay. So we don't want to get it super saturated. Are you in the hill? Where, you know, where are you at in Paradise Valley? At um, pretty close to uh, to Tatum and uh, Tatum Boulevard there. Well, Tatum and what Tatum what cross? Oh, well, I'm sorry, Tatum and um, Lincoln. Okay. So yeah, in that area, most of that soil is going to drain pretty well. So yeah, two gallons uh, once a week. Right two gallon emitter once a week. Then yeah, right on the drip system. Should I continue to spray it? No, you shouldn't have to. It's not. I it's shouldn't not, have to. No, okay. it's not going to make that much difference. But um, okay, incidentally, your guys did a great job that planted it out here. <laughs> well, well, we'll see when it gets all these new leaves sometime, and it, it, it might not leaf out much till monsoon season. Is that right? That okay. wouldn't be unusual for it. But let's let's give it. Uh, yeah, you can water it one time with a hose, pretty heavy, if it hasn't been watered for a couple months. Okay, and but, it, but, but it, a two gallon emitter on it. Yep, two gallon emitter on it on that on that cycle, and see if it doesn't pop back out and give well, us some leaves. Thank you so much, Brian. Appreciate it. Thank you, Don. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Mike and Glendale. Good morning, Michael. Oh, good morning. Um, I was just wondering, how feasible is it to grow bananas out here? 
Well, they're a lot of fun. Okay, now if you're talking about growing giant bananas like you're going to get in the store, you're not going to probably have much luck like that. But to right. grow a few fun... Uh, blue bananas is what I was kind of looking at. Well, I haven't grown those, though we've grown uh, one called Carbana, and we've grown you know three or four other different varieties that do fairly well here. So there are different right. ones. Uh, ice cream is one that can do pretty well. Vanilla is one that can do pretty well. So there are some different ones to play with, and they're a lot of fun to play with. But you know, if you're growing for fruit, yeah, it's it's you're, you're growing a morph to have this fun tropical look and this kind of nice fun thing to play with in the yard. Okay. Um. Like, do they get really big? Would I be able? Is this something I'd be able to like keep in a pot? Mm, you would with fairly heavy soil, and you'd have to have it like on an eastern exposure. Okay. You can't right. put, you can't you put them much. on the Appreciate west side it. in a container. You know, they're, they're not going to take the heat very well. South side in a container okay. right up against the house, they'd probably be okay, too. A lot of water, though? Uh, well, a reasonable amount of water. They don't want to stay soaking wet. But, uh, you know, once they grow, they'll root out. You know, they're, they're fun to grow here. There's, there's no problem doing that. Uh, all right. I'll give it a try. Thank you very much. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Bye, Mike. Uh, Sandy in Peoria. Good morning, Sandy. Hi, good morning. Um, my daughter has these, uh, they're big, gray, ugly things growing next to her house in the gravel. <laughs> and when you when she bends down to pick them up, they turn into powder. Okay, so they're a fungus, Sandy. And okay. uh, what you could do is you could pick up a product called Monterey Disease Control, and you can okay. spray the ground right there, okay? And, and that should take care of them. My other question is about watering. I have um, three little palm trees. Sandy, can you turn uh, the radio off in the background? It's feeding through, and we can't uh, we can't hear you very well. Okay, is that it? That's it. That's better. Thank you. Okay. Um, anyway, I have uh, bushes and palm trees and whatever, and I care a big tree in the front yard. It's twenty minutes twice a week. Uh, not enough water for the carob tree and no, the palm tree. Especially, well, I would really be concerned about the carob tree because they're just a really fun, cool tree. But it oh, should be really deep irrigated. Um, if it's a bigger, older tree, Sandy, probably once every two weeks in the summertime. And you should okay. give it several hundred gallons of water. Like a couple, That's two, three hundred? Like, like maybe an hour's worth of like a drip? Well, I don't know how much your drip system puts out, okay? And the only way you can find out how much it puts out is to use a capturing device like a jar or something and uh -huh. run, run your drip head into a jar and then calculate how many drip heads you have and how long you're running it. But okay. that big carob tree in the summertime, once every two weeks, needs about 200 gallons of water. Okay. And because uh, it's still green and it is it is old, it's a, at least twenty eight years old. Yeah. So for what I would do right now is put a hose on it, let it run slow overnight. Okay. You know, or a soaker hose would be even better. So you're distributing the water more evenly, and okay. uh, make sure it gets real good deep irrigations. Your palm trees are they like Mexican fans or are they? Uh, they're Mediterranean. Palm? Mediterranean. Mediterranean's. You know, realistically, those could be watered once every two weeks too if they're older plants like that. But they're oh, going to okay. need to be watered for probably a lot longer than what you're doing. Okay. The only way to tell how long is for you to calibrate your system by putting your emitters in a jar or something to collect the water and seeing uh -huh. how much you're actually putting on. Okay. Uh, and also, my uh, quick question, I, are you open on Glendale today? Yes, we are. Our hours are Monday through Saturday, 8 to 5.30, and Sundays, 10 to 4. 
Okay, wonderful. Thank Thank you so much. Thanks, Sandy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, that leaves us with three open lines, folks. A perfect time to call. We'll promise we'll get you in for the end of the show. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. John in Phoenix, good morning. Good morning. Brian, I called you six months ago. And um, you steered me towards your Glendale store and got California poppies. And I picked up one envelope and I opened it up and I I had to look six times to see the seeds. They're really tiny. And um, it was a great year to plant wildflowers because of the rain. So we've that one package, uh, just to report to you, um, covered about 10 feet by 4 feet when you rake it in. And we used it on the slope of the burn where we cover it with uh, sagebrush. And thank you. Well, there's nothing like poppies. You know, the, the, the best part is now, John, you've got them planted for life. <laughs> oh, you mean they're not coming out? <laughs> no, they're going to reseed. <laughs> well, they the, the rain, because... I cannot remember rain November, December, January, February, March, and even some of April, where it was uh, almost as if, gee, we need water, where's the storm? (laughs) It was like boom, boom, boom. And... well, John, our, our, our citrus grove out in uh, East Mesa or Queen Creek, we irrigated it the last time, uh, the first week of uh, December. And we didn't irrigate again until the first week of March. Now, that's in my lifetime, I've never seen it like that. You know, we went yeah, the whole it, month of December, January, and February, and it was too wet to irrigate. The, the temperatures, if we compare this, and uh, don't want to show either one of our ages, but in 80, it got warm fast and, and the water was released with great ferocity through the salt. Uh, they were building that uh, secondary bridge on Mill Avenue, if you remember, it mm-hmm. washed out the construction. Um, this uh, moderate temperatures for Arizona, and you know, I mean, we're right at the gates of Hades <laughs> at times when it gets to be 115, and that keeps a lot of people away. Thank you. Um, but yeah, it. From November of last year, when I talked to you, it was the end of October into November. Uh, It's terrific. And I'm glad now I'm going to have California poppies. But based on what I just gave you on the area statistically grown, got to come get six more packages. (laughs) Maybe that'll rake some ground and spread it around. You might have all that. The problem with poppy seeds is just like poppy seeds when you get them on a bun. They are tiny. But, yeah, have fun. And then you could, you know, if you wanted to, you could mix in some African daisies and all different kinds of things. So there's a lot of beautiful flowers that really make a great mix here for the, you know, for the winter season. John, thanks for the call and have a nice weekend. Thank you. Bye-bye. Let's see. Mark and Mesa, good morning. Good morning. How are you this morning? Excellent, Mark. Thank you for asking, sir. Good, good. So I have a, I guess, a pergola. Uh, it's about 10 foot high, uh, maybe 7 by 7, maybe about 50 square feet underneath. Uh, that's east exposure, and I'd like to grow a vine on it. Uh, just a suggestion, what you would think. Uh, neighbor had suggested possibly jasmine. It has a, it's an east exposure, 
the uh, east side of the wall is maybe, I don't know, eight foot uh, from, from the wall. And then the property line is on the other side. There's quite a bit of citrus around some tall, maybe 20, 30 foot citrus that's around it. Well, let me ask you a couple. Do you want evergreen and deciduous? Uh, preferably evergreen. Okay. So you don't want the extra light through in the wintertime. Um, so an evergreen in that size, one thing that would be really pretty on there would be a Cecil Bruner rose. And Cecil Bruners grow kind of like a Lady Banks rose, where they're tall and they'll okay. vine, they'll cover over the top of the canopy. But they're evergreen, they're permanent, and the difference between a Cecil Bruner and a Lady Banks is the Cecil Bruner rose is going to flower for you, uh, you know, sporadically throughout the year. So you'll have blooms off and on, spring through fall, and a little okay. pink flower, but a very hardy, green, heavy vine that will do very well on the eastern exposure. Um, the Lady okay. Banks rose is, is beautiful when it blooms, but it's only blooming for three weeks a year. And the, fo- oh, the, fo- the foliage isn't as pretty. So that would probably be my number yep. one recommendation. All right, that's, that sounds good. Now, I have roses, uh, tea roses, and uh, floribunda and so forth mm-hmm. around the floors. I do have a problem uh, with uh, aphids and thrips. Uh, I have to constantly use systemics and powders that I get from you at, over in uh, Cooper, on your, on your Cooper store. Um, and, and they're effective, but, you know, it's something I have to keep on top of. Will the this climber rose be susceptible to aphid and thrips well, well? or you know, thrips like everything. You know, thrips are on every okay. kind of plant. They're, they're on citrus. I mean, that's our, that's our number one citrus pest. And what we do with the mark is just the opposite in our citrus groves. We don't treat for them at all except for one time to keep them from scarring the fruit. And if you yeah. leave them alone, what you'll find is the ladybugs and lacewings and things uh, will build populations in there that will take care of us most of the time. And this this year has been a little worse, for uh, especially for the uh, aphids, because we had a cooler season there. But then sure. once it gets over 95, the aphids are dead. You know, they're gone on all okay. on their own. They won't live here in the summertime. And the thrip right. populations, if you'll leave them alone, especially if you have a lot of flowering plants, you'll find that you have oh. a lot of lace wings. Those are little green dragonflies. And oh, the, yeah. the little lace wings devour thrip. So if you can get something to flower earlier in the season uh, to attract lace wings before your roses do. Now, it's hard to flower before a rose here because you can keep them in bloom year-round. But once the, right. once the flower populations and the lace wing populations get up, then they eat all the thrip on their own. So, like I okay. say, even in our citrus, which gets covered with thrip at times, we don't treat for them. And, and I really would recommend probably not having to treat your roses. Okay. All righty. Sounds good. Now, do you have the, is it Cecil Bruner? Is that what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, Cecil right? Bruner, huh? Did you have that at, uh, over at uh, Cooper and... Uh, oh, they, they, they should have. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they do. Oh, okay. And uh, if you, just one other question, do you, have you ever heard of Palestinian lime? They're like a sweet lime, yeah. Um, well, not, it, it's not actually thorny. It's not the... Uh, uh, you know, like a you know Mexican or sweet. That uh, it's a non. Uh, just again, a neighbor had one and called it a Palestinian. Maybe it's something else, mm-hmm. but another variety. It's it's a non thorny and it's not a bear either. It's it's a very small lime. It, okay, well, anything they, like that? Well, what what they probably have is they probably have what we would call here typically is a a seedless. I mean, a thornless Mexican lime. Oh, okay. I, I purposely don't recommend them because they don't bear very heavy. You know, you'll get some crop yep. on them, but very True. sparse True. crop compared to planting a regular Mexican lime. And, okay. uh, right. you know, it's if you like, it's if you want a very few limes and a real pretty tree, they're a beautiful tree. Um, <laughs> no. I mean, they're, they're an amazing tree as far as the look of the tree. And it's nice not having any thorns, but you're not going to have much of a crop. 
Okay. All right. Sounds good. All righty. And your thoughts on Jasmine for that pergola? Well, you could, you, could, not- you could do star Jasmine there if you want to. Um, and star Jasmine would be dark green. How tall is your house above the pergola? Does it get shaded by uh, like noon or so in the, uh, from your house? Uh, partial shade. Uh, it's uh, a half of the pergola gets shaded. Okay. Um, so the star jasmine the, would make it. I would probably if you know establish star jasmine there. Probably plant it in the fall, and then be patient okay. with it because it uh, it's likely to burn planting at this time of year in that much sun. Um, uh, and right, it's going to be right, slower right. covering. Um, okay. And it's so fragrant that it might be a little little intense for you. What I'd recommend to I, you is go somewhere where there's a big star jasmine right now and just kind of hang out there for a few minutes because they are. Are really intense in their fragrance, um, and, it, I see. and it gets I see. to be it gets to be a bit much, to be honest for me. I see. All right, sounds like the Sisselbrunner is the way to go. And, it, and you said it's a light pink flower. It's a light pink flower, uh-huh. but it's beautiful Great. foliage. I mean, there's other things. There's a tangerine cross vine that would grow fast that has an orange flower on it, and um, okay. even primrose jasmine with a yellow flower. It would cover that thing really quick and be really hardy, and um, okay. it would work well too. Now, this is aluminum. Do I need to put any, uh, say, pegs or any climbers in it, or, or will it, the climber kind of little suckers well, will get on by itself? The only the only one that I mentioned so far that would cling to it by itself is going to be the tangerine cross vine. And you'd want to put okay. up some wires crossways the other direction, and you could just screw them I into see. the top of the aluminum and uh, use, like, a galvanized wire or stainless steel, okay. and uh, that would be fine. Great. Thanks for the info. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Mark. Take care. Bye-bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back with uh, Valerie and Bob. But if you'd like to be after Bob, uh, all you have to do is give us a call. Number to call is 602-277-5827, 277-KTR. It's Shira and Troy and Brian here every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM KTAR. Sunday morning. I want to take a minute to invite you out to Whitfields. You know, Whitfields, we grow trees. Started with my grandparents back in the 40s, continuing today for four generations. Any kind, any size, from 15 gallons to big 48, 60, and 72-inch box trees. Many of them up to 20 and 30 years old. We grow all kinds of big palm trees, specializing in date palms, Mexican fans, California fans, Bismarckias, and many more. Come out and see us. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale Avenue. We are in the East Valley of Cooper, which is the same 
Gomez, Stapley, and Guadalupe, or 26470 Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight south of the Sky Harbor Airport. Whitfield Nursery for four generations, growing trees here in Arizona for Arizona's future. And if you're looking for something great for mom, why not give her a gift that'll last a lifetime, a beautiful tree. Back to the phones. Ba- oh, no, Valerie first. Valerie in Maricopa. Good, Valerie. Hey, I've got a small flower bed um, that faces on the north side of my house. It's covered by a system, so it gets lots and lots of shade, but I can't find anything that grows really well to go underneath that window uh, for a flowering shrub, if anything. Um, do you have any ideas? It might be hard to get uh, flowering, but what you might try there, Valerie, is a plant called Exora. IXORA has it's a kind of a tropical plant come in oranges and yellows. They're kind of pretty. Or you might try a Mexican oh. honeysuckle. Oh, I've never heard of that. Yeah, Mexican honeysuckle or Exora. Those would be your two best ones. Okay. And um, they'll grow under in the shade pretty they'll, well. They'll though. grow in the shade pretty well and flower in the shade. Hey, I appreciate the call. i got to say goodbye, okay? No problem. Have a great day. You too. Uh, Corey and Bob, I'll take you off the air, folks. Appreciate all the calls today. Hope you enjoyed the program, and uh, let's go out and love each other and be kind. You know, we got a lot of a lot of wonderful things we do here, and a lot of beautiful people. All kinds of different plants here from all over the world. All kinds of fun new foods to eat and uh, songs to enjoy. So let's go out and enjoy each other. We'll be back with you next Sunday with the Whitfield Nursery uh, Garden Show. And uh, beautiful morning out there. A beautiful day to enjoy. Be be a little cautious in the afternoon if you're out hiking in the sun, but it's still a great time of year to explore the deserts of southern Arizona and uh, the wildlife and the people who go out and view it are really enjoying this year and uh, it's going to be a great year to enjoy. We'll be back with you next Sunday with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Have a nice weekend. Come out and see us at the nursery if you need a Mother's Day gift. we got beautiful flowers, trees, and shrubs and even great citrus with young fruit on them. Thanks for being a part of our program.